0: welcome to the 27th biggest county in ireland celebrities are from here and we are currently surrounded by 150 islands
1: why are we in Fermanagh? oh lad we're shooting a new podcast oh like they said it'd be glamorous this like this is not
0: worth it it better be worth it <laughs> Welcome to episode thirteen of Poor Decisions. My name's Ronan Collins our Whiskey for Breakfast.
1: And my name is Michael Kamen or The Kamen Show.
0: And here, what a lovely fire you made.
1: Uh yeah, I was uh, I was up all morning getting ready for you. <laughs> Slaving
0: uh, over the logs.
1: And we're in Fermanagh
0: We are. We are in County Fermanagh. Firmanach Right. In it means what? the men of manach
1: Right, that's a yeah, they they didn't think too hard on that one, did they? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I I don't even know who Manic is or where it is. We are here. um, is a pretty cool county. Is it, yeah? Yeah, well, um, you know. Go on. uh, uh, There's loads of birdwatching here. The Irish elk. Like feathers. Feathers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Both are rare. Yeah. But the Irish elk, you know that big deer? Uh,
1: Yes, yeah. Apparently the the last ever
0: one, yeah, was ever seen. And what did they do? They shot
1: him. No, that's cork. <laughs> they only had one and they
0: shot it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the last remains of an Irish elk was found in Fermanagh. Um and they they found out that it would have been weighing a ton.
1: Right. Yeah, they're they're kind of like moose. Like they are like see, if you've ever moose. seen a moose and to our Canadian fan out there, uh
0: They are massive.
1: They are very large. So So like a
0: moose with a Fermanagh accent. All right. Essentially.
1: (laughs) A moose with attitude. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then we've got very famous caves here. We've got the Marble Arch Caves. Right. um, Which are probably the most famous caves in Ireland. In Fermanagh. In Ireland. Marble Arch Caves are famous. Down around the Burren. Loads of caves down around the Burren. Name me me the name of one of them. The Burren Caves. (laughs) (laughs) I think Marble Arch Caves are where that episode of Father Ted was filmed. Uh, I don't believe. It.
1: I have no idea. I can't. I can neither confirm. Well, for this either.
0: podcast, uh, it is in Marvel Archives. You're welcome. Uh,
1: um, there was, there's a few famous like literary figures. Which a few
0: famous. I
1: didn't realize. So when you you told me this earlier, and I went, I was like, what? Really? Yeah.
0: Samuel Beckett, yeah. born in Fermanagh.
1: Waiting for Godot and uh, all that. Died, yeah. in, died in Paris, I think.
0: Did he? I think he did. Maybe oh, he, one God. of them died in Paris. What a know. dream, though. Yeah. Um, Oscar Wilde. Oh, that's quite famous. Yeah. yeah. I think Samuel Beckett and Oscar Wilde are very, very famous, but there is one that trumps them all. Go on. Ted Hastings. <laughs> From uh, Line of Duty. From the Line of Duty. It was a, I didn't just come down the Liffey in a bubble, song. <laughs> I think it was the lagging. I think. Oh, damn it. Why would he be talking we'll about it? Do that again. I didn't just come down the lag. No, it's the Liffey. How is it? Why would it be the Liffey? He lives in Belfast. I didn't just come down the lag and in a bubble, son. <laughs> Dan will edit those out, whichever everyone was the right one. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's his name? Adrian Dunbar? Adrian Dunbar, yeah, he's from here. In, in Enniskillen, uh, there's actually a big mural. With him on the side of a wall. Of course and there is. I think it says... Because
1: um, you know, people love murals in this part of the world.
0: Well, we do, yeah. But yeah, this part of the world, uh, Fermanagh, is in Ulster. Uh, but it is a border county. The border does split through fields, rivers, lakes, houses. Um, no, it does, genuinely. <laughs> what,
1: you know, it's like, oh, it's one of those, like, north, south. Yeah, north. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and it genuinely is not to get political, but it is one of those uh, counties where when people are talking about a hard border you're like how are you gonna do that so how's that gonna happen <laughs> yeah
1: how's that gonna work oh you're gonna put a you're gonna put a back guard post in my house are you
0: yeah, yeah. through the kitchen is it <laughs> don't like that let's
1: let's see you try
0: <laughs> but yes we are in fermanagh today in the beautiful linnet inn it is
1: beautiful this is uh one of the you know Definitely a bit of character here behind us. There is a, a cave, which um, I'm sure Dan will take some lovely, lovely shots of. Producer Dan will take some lovely shots of uh, before we leave. And sorry, and producer Augustina. Um, she's shaking her hands wildly in the background here. Um, but it is a very, very cool pub.
0: Yeah, it is. And there's a pool table, which uh, I a think... Di- a
1: dying, a dying uh, breed, really, a pub at a pool table. These yeah, days. we haven't seen one before. And
0: it just kind of reminded us that... Th- th-
1: th- on On th- the podcast. On the podcast, yeah, just in
0: general. (laughs) (laughs) But like we haven't we haven't done an activity like that before, like pool, darts, shuffleboard.
1: Feels a bit more like a you know proper local pub, I guess. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, I guess, some of the other places would be tourist centric and you know would be you know quite quite heavily geared towards well known as well. Yeah.
0: Um. And as you drive here. Uh, the two and a half hour pilgrimage from anywhere in the world. <laughs>
1: it is two and a half hours from everywhere. At least, at least, uh, more. but
0: you'll you'll notice the thatched roof on yeah. in, OIN, which was class. But here, there's someone better to talk about the pub than us. Yeah,
1: uh, somebody who actually owns it. So yeah. uh, let's get Desi in.
0: Yes, come on in, Desi. Woohoo! Yeah, welcome, Desi. You're yeah. very welcome, to Bo. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Now,
1: I, I have no idea where I am. Uh, so that that thanks very much.
2: You're in the the centre of the university basically. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, uh, seven miles from the county town of Enniskillen. Yeah. Um, you're also just around five and a half miles away from Belcou, Black Lion, on the border. Okay. With the Irish Republic, so um, yeah
1: it's best. a happening a happening spot it is it yeah, is it's beautiful
2: me. i'm biased now i'm biased now. <laughs> I, i'm living here for what 46 years okay okay but um i think it's just the best place ever you know <laughs> um country life hard to beat well I mean, we're both country
0: boys as well so. we are yeah yeah um but we're like from the water yes more and well the ocean you're from the water as well yes
2: yeah <laughs> We're part water here. Yeah, well. Yeah, one third it, water. Well, what, they, what was
0: that one? Well, they do say that about Fermanagh. <laughs> yeah, so um, 50% of the year, Lockern is in Fermanagh, and then the other 50%, Fermanagh's in Lockern Because <laughs> it's just raining. <laughs> it's just raining and locks all the time. Mm.
1: So tell us a little bit about where we are. So it's the Lynod Inn.
2: Yes, you're L- in the Lynod Inn. Um, I'm the second generation of Publican uh, to, to, to run this establishment. He still has it. Fair still there <laughs> despite the lockdown despite the, you know, all the different recessions, yeah, yeah. the wars, the troubles <laughs> the price of the paint going sky high we, we, we've, we've, ro- we've rode through the rough times um, Dad and Mum bought the place in 1968 okay. and at the time it was a little thatched pub with a little bar and a couple of back rooms and it was owned by a family called the Parkers and the Parker family were the second family to run the bar. They purchased it in sometime in the 1930s from a family called Britain. Um, and three generations, well, not quite three generations, but the father, the mother and the son ran the bar until dad bought it at a public auction, But bit like the field, <laughs> only there was no Bull McCabe type <laughs> my <meters> land? about. <laughs> <Does my land? laughs> And he purchased it um, for, I think, about the princely sum of about £7,000 in 1968. I'll give him eight for it now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been here. Um, it's been the centre of Bow, really, for, you know, the, the where the crack's happening for, you
1: know, for for the last 55 years, more or less. Yeah, and it is... You know, there's there's not a huge amount else around. So I would imagine it is very much the centre of... Well, well it this is, is the it. Center it, is universe,
2: it, it is the centre of crack here, yeah. you know. Um People come here for drink. They also come here to check the little cattle the little cattle prices. <laughs> you know, if somebody's broke down on the road, maybe if they need a, gla- a jug of milk or, you know, a loaf of bread or a jam, there's a shop next door. And I'm also... The local undertaker. So, oh, um, I, I By the way, I am. Okay. Uh, so, uh, by the way, if I have to cut this podcast very short, if I get a phone
1: call, I'm out of here. So sorry, <laughs> that's but like, uh, <laughs> that's fair enough, you know. Although, I mean, yeah. they're not really going anywhere, so I don't know how you have to. <laughs> I love the way Desi thinks she's big enough to cut the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so everything happens here. Like even on the way in, we've seen a few people like buying fireworks, cash and dol checks. Like it all happens. It's,
2: it's all happening here, you know. Shh, don't, 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 don't say anything about the
1: fireworks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, do you have an electric car charger?
1: <laughs> no. Uh. So, so Ronan actually drove here today. It's the first time his car has ever left Belfast. I think. Oh, you know, he's so he's walking home then? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fantastic
0: bar. Like it is class. Yeah, it's.
2: When Dad designed the bar, um, the original bar itself was quite small.
1: Yeah. So it, it is like a little hatch bit out the front. It's but, like yeah. Yeah. You've it's got kind a of a 10, 12 f- people kind of thing.
2: Well, probably you could fill it up. You could fill it up with about thirty people. Okay. Um, there was a couple of smaller rooms off to the side. Back in the time when it was a little bit probably politically incorrect to say it now, but women might have been in the back room. Yeah. And there was a hatch there, and if they wanted service, they would have knocked the hatch, and the men would have sat in the bar. Um,
1: that only that only finished in Fermanagh about two years ago yeah <laughs> so
2: but Dad has the place 1968 coincides with the start of the Troubles which you know was, was was seismic here going for it lasted what over 25 to 30 years but in the middle of that there's an explosion of dance bands okay. so you know you've got it was the big thing uh, to have a band in a pub on a Friday and Saturday night because yeah. you could not legally open on a Sunday legally (laughs) so you had to maximize your friday saturday night intake so there was no chance of getting you know 50 or 100 people into father ted's caravan down there you know it was it's just too small so dad decided to build the lounge on here and add it on. Also, by the way, there was no inside toilets in 19 in 1977 here proper, until he added the lounge school. on, so proper, proper old, school. old school pub. <laughs> so he added on the dance floor here, the lounge, the inside toilets, a much bigger bar, and the dance thing took off. The dance band, you know, Friday, Saturday night, the Linnet Inn or Mackenzie's Abode was the place to be. That went on, and then as it came into the 80s, Obviously, other bars were thinking exactly the same as my father was thinking. They could build even bigger ballrooms and bigger dance floors and could attract better bands. And the dance band thing tied up. There was a lot of music on the road. There were some great musicians. There was some less great. <laughs> and you ended up sometimes with not the best band. And it was advertised in the paper. The local papers, the Fermanagh Herald, the Impartial Reporter, there was like five pages of what was on, and every bar had bands. And was
1: this compared to the like the jiving scene, that kind that, of thing? That was
2: it, like you know, yeah, just social dancing. Yeah. Um. It, it came to an end. It just mm. it it tailed off. It ended. I don't know. It, it was a combination of the troubles, the breathalyzer, changes just in society. People maybe wanting better houses. You know, there, there was just there was a seismic shift yeah. in the mid eighties, and hence then my father came up with another idea was to build a cave at the back of his bar, which yeah. started off as a bit of a joke
1: with a couple of <laughs> with a couple of cavers. As as an homage to like the marble arch caves down the road. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. The okay. well, bow well, itself. I mean. Well
0: when I told Michael and the whole crew, I was like, there's a cave in the bar, they were like, is there Ronan yet? And I was like, no honestly <laughs> there's a cave in the bar. <laughs> it's very unique. It's yeah.
2: very unique. But well, you're he, telling me that's
0: not natural out there. It's no it's not.
2: <laughs> I did tell you that, but I should have I should have played it on a bit more. <laughs> No, we, we, we've convinced a few people that it was natural <laughs> for about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He was, he was just very gifted with his hands. He was extraordinarily strong, and he lived in an era where everything was done manually. So to him, a hard day's work was was, was brilliant. He loved it. I yeah. know some people used to dread like a Monday morning and have him go, but he thought this was brilliant. He loved it. He, he was born to work, I think, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah and um the, even the way he designed this fireplace this fireplace is exactly almost a replica of the fireplace in the house that he was brought up in now very quick story but he was a war evacuee
1: yeah please do tell it because you told me beforehand like, this is a great story yes yeah. so
2: 1941 my father and his brother of one that, the only one that we're aware of both they're both deceased now um were taken into a home in belfast and um, their mother had fallen ill. We suspect their father may have been drafted up to the war but we're not sure. They were in a home in Belfast and in 1941, somewhere around Easter time, there was a bombing campaign that hit Belfast. So a bit like modern, the modern day world now, there was a call out across the whole of Ireland to take refugee children uh, from these homes. And that's how my father came to live. In Fermanagh, he was adopted not legally, but he was taken in by a woman who lived about seven miles away, just outside of the village of Derragonley. So it, you're in the parish of Botha here. So Botha parish encompasses three areas: Bow, Derragonly, and Monee. Uh, Minay is about four miles away. Derragonley is about seven. They have uh, they have a proper street, main street, and village. <laughs> Bow is and Minay is like scattered, rugged countryside. Bo has here, but yeah. we we have this. <laughs> and uh, he came to live there that's how really he ended up being in the locality and that's how when many years later when he had done very well in the building game that he decided like a lot of people did in the 1960s when you were very good at building or another profession traditionally you bought a pub <laughs> and when this pub came up for auction this is, he, he bought it and relocated he lived uh, outside of the village of derek on on a road that's known as the long shot because it's about a mile straight or maybe it's about a half a mile straight and uh, he moved the family at the time to bow and that was it
1: uh you were, like great, uh, it is a great story but you were saying he was here since he was seven and he yes. was still, still kind of considered a blow-in
2: well yes <laughs> you know really and traditionally if you're not born in the area uh you're considered a blow-in even though i myself have lived here all my life i was actually born in belfast that was to do with the lack of acute services in the old air hospital in yeah. Skill at the time. But um, no, Bo has been my home for 46 years and definitely I'd, I'd find it nearly impossible to leave it at this point, you know. What kind of change? I mean, so when are you running the pub since? Um, mum and dad passed away in 2011. Okay, So I've been kind of in sole kind of control of the place since then. Prior to that, I would have worked in it practically since I left school. Um, I had ambitions to go on in life and become a teacher. Yeah. Um, my father had fallen ill just after my A levels, and I kind of thrust myself into the bar at that stage. And that's almost that's almost thirty years ago now. So um,
1: you're probably not going back now. I
2: don't think I <laughs> I, I do my teaching behind the counter. <laughs> you know, this is a school of life, of yeah. sorts. <laughs> so you know you, you know I, I I give lessons you know from around two o'clock every day till about <laughs> until everyone's fed
1: up listening to me Monday to Sunday. What kind of changes then have you noticed in the in that kind of time? Obviously, the drink driving laws, got a lot stricter and all that kind of jazz. Huge, yeah. huge, massive changes
2: in society. When I would have started working here, your core customer was a bachelor farmer who had lots of disposable income. He probably, you know, he, he didn't have dependents. Uh, he would have spent most of his days here in between tending to his farm and, you know, going to the mart, etc. A lot of the dealings would have been taking place here. It changed. It you know, as I said, once the dance band scene changed, and people, I did notice there was a long time here. The, the core customer here was just men. You know, yeah. it was it was a very much a man's pub. Yeah. We have changed it a bit. You know, we, we've we've reintroduced bands and stuff. Not not in a big way. Occasionally, we've yeah. we, we've changed the thing up a bit. Parties. People love coming here for a party, you know. The cave out the back is
1: it must be brilliant. For exactly, party, yeah. it's
2: brilliant. You know, you could just you could just have the best night ever in there, and just the, the look on people's faces when you open the door and uh, people realise, oh my god, there's a cave in here. You yeah. know, <laughs> uh, didn't think it was possible. But also to the remoteness of the area, yeah. it's just people think, you know, God, there couldn't possibly be a pub out here. There is. It's been going well since 1968 and, and before that and you know my job now which is it's quite a hard task is to make sure that it stays here and retains that the charm that the older customers we still have a few of the old guys are still knocking about that they feel as comfortable in here as the man that's coming in for the party or the occasional tourist and where are the tourists going well this is the thing we do tend to they do tend to get lost coming here but um no yeah that that is the biggest problem problem per se with getting tourists in here yeah. You, 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 we don't have a tourist board in Bow. I'm I'm the local tourist ambassador. I'm the spokesperson. <laughs> Undertaker, publican, yes, to, to grocer, etc. <laughs> social <laughs> so, media influencer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just so many things to see in Bow. Apart from coming to the pub with the cave at the back, yeah. you've got stunning scenery. You've got caves in Bow. You've got fishing. You've got walkways. There's monuments. You know, there's 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 lots of different things here. And during the lockdown, when people had time to kind of think about things. People discovered Bow. They, they they found the the Polnagolum Cave, for instance, which is just up the road, which was featured in Game of Thrones. Okay, that was a that was a huge thing, you know. That oh, so
0: it was named after Gollum. <laughs> 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 exactly,
2: it's <as> crazy. did know? <laughs> that. <laughs> that was all part of the the, the getting back to opening again because yeah. we were closed for a while. We had time to think about things. We created a beer garden up the back. Um, we just had a big backyard that was doing nothing, laying with rubbish tipped around it so when we reopened after the lockdown in 20 what 2020 whatever it was it it feels so long ago now we were one of the very unique bars that could open without having to serve food we didn't have a kitchen here so we could serve outside and other people were saying right we don't have to spend X amount of pounds on a meal with Mm -hmm. our dinner here so we'll go to Bow.
1: and I mean You're quite close to the border as well, so I imagine there was a lot... Because the rules were a little bit looser in the north. Yes. Yeah, so I I imagine there was a bit of cross-border. There uh, was, there
2: was indeed. And and when we locked down for the second time and we reopened again, we were open, I think, a month and a half longer than until the pubs in Ireland all opened. So we did see... The business took off in a big way when it reopened. Yeah. And um, now it has settled back into the routine Mm -hmm. where we were prior to the lockdown. You know, and public perception people think you know there's a recession on or we're spending too much the pints too dear we're probably the cheapest pub in fermanagh for a pint yeah. we've literally only went up on monday how, how much
1: is a pint 420.
2: 420.
0: <laughs> 420. And you, it's not like a it's not like a social club a working man's club you don't need a membership to get in no you, you need no. a full tank of diesel to get here <laughs> <laughs> or, or a full charge on an electric car as the case may be charges
2: that 've we've, we, we've had so many we've been very lucky to be very close to the boatyard distillery yeah the folks at the boatyard are fantastic to us they bring all kinds of different bar people and people in the hospitality industry to us they take some pints here they move on somewhere else but that has opened up uh, a new kind of a customer base for us social media plays a big part in that uh, we now have a touring DJ called DJ Bob. I don't know if you've never probably heard haven't, of DJ Bob. It, DJ, DJ Bob. Bob is is a, is a force of uh, nature. <laughs> he arrives here sometimes completely out of the blue. You're not expecting him to come on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday evening with a busload of people, and they just think this is great. You know, um, great pints of Guinness, great pints, well, great authentic. Drinks, you know, I think people want different, authenticity. Authentic. You know, well, that's you know. it. These pubs are dying off. Roadside mm-hmm. bars are. They're closing down rapidly, and there's a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. The fact that we've always been where we are, the yeah. fact that we've got a local trade, the fact that you've got a captive audience most days of the week, people generally aren't going to go to the pub next door or going yeah, to, go, yeah. those kind of things are vital for us. And getting out there on social media is another thing. Yeah, yeah, and they, people discover they, in the innovate place. a little bit as
1: well. Like, that's you know, it. Right? Yeah. And that's 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 what it's all about. Because, well, well, yeah. well, Daisy,
0: you've pretty much lived a life in here. I and this pub has lived its own as well but we have a question well michael has a question this is your favorite yeah, question it's, my, my, my it's the favorite. last one that we will ask you
1: yeah so okay. we, we do a thing called uh, room 101 uh-huh. so room 101 is you put something in the room and it disappears forever nobody right. nobody does it again it, you know it could be it could be drinks reps it could be um vapes it could be whatever whatever it is mm-hmm. um and so you put it in the room disappears we lock it away throw away the key yeah. so Real 101 Desi for you, what would that be? Mm,
2: I, I I would have one. I would say if you're ordering a round of drink and there's three gins and there's four vodkas and there's a bottle of whatever in it. Jeez, make, it sure well. that, <laughs> make sure that you order your pint of Guinness first. <laughs> Don't just order like a massive round of drink and then say at the end, I want ten pints of Guinness. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because, because the start Guinness off with a bit of time. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
2: And it's when you see it poured here and once you to taste it here you'll want to come back for more.
0: So essentially, people who order their Guinness at the end of the round, you're in the room, the door is locked, and you're not coming back. Never. <laughs> and listen, the pints are 4.20 here as
1: well. 4.20? And that's
0: that's gone kind of up. I know, that is mad. 4.20! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, Desi, that was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank we you very really much, Case. Thanks very much for uh, allowing us to, you know, use up the space. And- Good.
2: Yeah, you're very we're
0: welcome. Tell, you, ma'am. tell all your friends. Oh, we will. We will, we will. don't worry. They don't all worry. listen to this anyway. Well, so. at, least two, at least a couple of them do. Anyway. Thanks, guys. Cheers, right. man. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Thank you. All the fun in Fermanagh, I tell you. Oh,
1: all the fun in Fermanagh. Well, I have something I wanted to talk to you about, which probably doesn't really apply to Fermanagh. A big thing, and I know the uh, producer Dan and producer Augustina were recently in New York and they were doing a good bit of work with um, mm. with some bars over in New York, and one of the things, the biggest takeouts, difference between the States and Ireland, tipping.
0: Like, actually, do you know what? He's actually begging for a man a fly tipping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tipping cows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I think, and even, it's a few years since I've been to the States, mm. and even the development of tipping and how much more you're expected to tip, and, like, the levels you're expected to tip at.
0: Yeah, so it's probably the mo- America, or North America is the most famous place in the world for, <coughs> you know, you tip regardless of... It every, doesn't even matter about service anymore. Yeah, every, yeah, let's say your beer is five are five dollars. You at least tip a dollar. Yeah. Two if it's been delivered well. Yeah. So and, a minimum.
1: And it's funny because North America is the epicenter of it now, but it actually comes from Europe. Okay. So it used to be, back in the day, you, it, it comes from, it's a, it's a bit classist and it's like medieval serfs, you okay. know, and peasants and stuff. The land the their lord would give them a few pennies if they did a decent job, all right? So this developed and kind of maintained throughout the, you know, Middle Ages and whatever, and then into the 1800s and whatever. Um, And wealthy Americans, so there was no tipping culture in the US, and wealthy Americans were coming across to Europe on their holidays. They were seeing people being tipped for a job or or, and whatnot, and then they brought it back to the States. But initially in the States, it was seen as like undemocratic, you know, wasn't uh, capitalist because you were, you were showing off your wealth, I guess. No way. Because you were going, ah, good, good chap. There you go. Thanks very much for...
0: Because that's crazy because in the likes of like Italy uh, or even France, if you have your morning espresso or like croissant, you might leave the change from your bill when obviously obviously tap is now the big thing, but you would have just like, if it was a couple of euro, you would have left the change of the euro on the side of the saucer and that was okay. But giving a full like note wasn't really... They were just like, eh, you can take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you still see that, and it, it kind of went
1: out of favor very much in Europe. And a lot of countries, they really in Europe, they really don't expect to tip, and it's almost offensive if you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was recently in Italy, and they don't; it's not a thing. You know, tipping is not a thing. Um, in a lot of languages, the when you translate the word for tip, it kind of comes across for beer is essentially or for drink is essentially what the the word tends to mean. So okay. it was it was like if I'm buying a drink, if I'm in a pub have one yourself have one yourself yeah yeah that that was kind of what it is but it it so they bring it back across to the u.s wealthy americans um and kind of post prohibition it really takes off because bars um which were primarily the place that this was kind of happening Mm -hmm. in, in many circumstances so prohibition the numbers of people drinking in bars goes down and so what uh the owners of these bars decide to do is have the customer supplement the wages of the their staff yeah. uh, and get them to start tipping and and basically getting them to pay the staff. And the thing about the U.S. still, right? So still, the, the minimum wage in the U.S. is like, uh, the minimum tipped wage in the U.S. is like $2.13. So if you work in a job that's tipped, you know, your minimum wage, all you're getting an hour is $2.13 and the rest is expected to be made up with tips.
0: Well, I know someone who worked in a bar in New York illegally and they're... Um, their wage was zero dollars an hour, so if that person didn't make any tips, they went home empty-handed. It is absolutely insane. I think coming granted, from- that person made a lot. Yeah, which and that there's the flip side because the tipping culture of like how low that wage is is shocking. But when the staff walk away with a lot, yeah, they're happy until COVID. Yes, and
1: again. You know, COVID. We saw tipping actually went up during COVID for like delivery drivers and that kind of thing, and it's settled out again. But in the US, the expectation that you have to tip, I guess, twenty percent plus. Mm. Uh, because here, it's it's kind of come in a little bit as well into Ireland. I would always tip on like a meal, like with like ten percent in Ireland is generally because they're getting paid minimum wage, yeah, yeah, and then it's on top of that minimum wage, and you know they get the tip. But even in coffee shops now, and they awkwardly turn the thing around, you and it's like you know I bought a bottle of water the other day and your man turned it around to me and was like you want me to give you 10% on top of the bottle of water
0: for hand? Yeah like I definitely like from being in the service and hospitality industry for the majority of my life I definitely see the value in when people do tip it, it, it does feel good it's really nice but there is also the caveat like in the hotel I worked at in London it was automatic service charge 12.5% done whether it was one person ordering one thing but it was a five-star hotel. There was a lot going into that service. But if they asked for it off, it was taken off. A lot of the time, we actually did take it off for like a one-person party. And then, in our heads, after a certain amount of money, we were like, it's staying on. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Okay. Um, but I also know that, that that was our choice. Well, like, in a cocktail bar, for example, mm. even in Ireland or the UK, I'll generally put a tip
1: on at the end. Because yeah. they're, they're going through a bit of work, and... You know we like drinks we tend to go to bars and sit at the bar and hassle the bartender you know and have a chat with them or whatever so they're they're
0: you know but then be, roy Keane would say he's just doing his job he's just doing his job he's just doing his job and there are
1: but it's how much above and beyond so if i wasn't there sitting at the bar hassling them mm. they wouldn't have to do that you know they wouldn't have but to that
0: happen. is also the job of the drinks provider but there are, uh, I therapist, know, bartender, exactly, yeah. you know, uh, all around school teacher, yes. uh, life, school of life. <laughs> um, but sometimes people also like to like leave twenty. Like sometimes if you have had such a fantastic level of service, you'll do it anyway. Like yeah. I, you know because it's so good. Yeah. But I suppose the Americans say that even if it's bad and I mean even if it's bad if, it sh- if you leave 10% in America you are
1: you're an awful person you're the worst it's yeah. like oh but it shouldn't be on you to go oh well is is the waiter going to eat tonight you know no granted yeah <laughs> it really shouldn't um, I don't know I, I've I, we're seeing tipping culture come more and more into Ireland I think it's fine in restaurants but everybody in Ireland paid a minimum wage whereas mm, that's not the case in the States very true um, and all the lowest paid jobs in the US are all tipped jobs Mm. um and this is the reason people in the u.s has to work like two and three jobs to be able to support themselves i don't know look i i haven't worked on that side of the bar and service i know a lot of people who work in the states who make a lot of money Mm -hmm. but uh, but they work for tips and that kind of thing but it doesn't work for everybody
0: and it is a complete complex minefield because then and we're not going to go into but then you can look at hotel trunk systems where the hierarchy means you get more percentage over the overall base. Splitting tips, if you pull in five hundred dollars one night and I pull in fifty, we're splitting them. Yeah. There's a whole minefield of it. Um, and I think there are better people than us have looked at it. But it is a curiosity. I think I no think where possible, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Where possible, just be nice yeah just be saying
1: it, I think but I mean general rules in the states are now 20% yeah on, on food and drinks
0: yeah and actually actually on that the coffee shop UK and Ireland coffee shop and the turn it use your own use your own discretion don't feel uncomfortable to tip though don't never like you know if you just ordered a coffee and they just give it to you and they're like you're like nah, ah, I don't
1: think anybody's ever holding out their hand no no time. no
0: but I meant like that was me turning the thing oh, there's sorry. not an invisible thing you did it earlier I was just doing exactly what you did oh well
1: clearly I'm a better mime than you are you are Anyway, tipping. Yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. I, I, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, um, mm. and I
0: don't know how to navigate it. And we're probably not going to tip Daisy today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should, um, you know, toast some bread on the open fire. Bread, not marshmallows, no. No, I'm not American. Yeah, but no, bread, not. like. Yeah, do you not to- ma- used to, would to you make not toast? Just get-
1: no, I had a toaster.
0: No, but it's part of the alert. Not everything is just about functionality, you loser.
1: Um, So we're going to do a snack now.
0: Is that all right with you? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. Thank you. I'm starving. Obviously, I'm hungry. Yeah, I
1: can can see that. Augustina. Oh, she got it. Like That was good. Nice. So this week, um, I've gone a bit rogue. All right. Uh, So the the other McCoys performed very well. All right. The flame grilled ones. So we've gone with the sizzling king prawn. Okay. Not just prawn. Not just a normal prawn. It's a sizzling king prawn. All right.
0: Yeah. So... Go ahead. When, when you think about in terms of the development of crisps through the year, somebody was like, "Let's put prawn in a bag with potatoes." You minger. I mean, there's a lot of interesting flavors out there. I mean, they do a, you know,
1: Thai sweet chili. Did anyone think that was going to be an an, an amazing idea? It's an amazing crisp. Um, you have people doing roast beef flavors? Stop making
0: me hungry. Let's do these crisps. Okay. So, so on the on your mixed pyramid of snacks, yeah, we we. Are potentially kicking out dairy milk, a yeah. fan favourite. Fan favourite, a
1: classic. Whereas these, I would say, you know, a bit more, um, bit more of the new school of the snacks. You know,
0: here one twenty five RRP. Here, this is this is a premium snack. Is this as well. a, is this pricey in the north? I think that there's more expensive than oysters. <laughs> Probably is. Um, yeah, well, um, get it in there. Give it a good crunch there. I am slightly apprehensive about this, but. After all, they are full-on flavour. They are the king of crisps. I like a humble brag. Yeah,
1: go on, get it in. What do see you think? What, what I,
0: I'll
1: let you. I'll let you go first. I mean, for me, less prawn, more sugar. I don't know. It's, it's mm. quite. They're quite sweet. Mm. Um, I I don't know how that complements. I don't know. I don't think that complements a bar experience very well. You know, you're having a pint. You want the savoriness to complement? That's quite sweet. But.
0: Yeah, and there's a really lovely aftertaste of paracetamol right <laughs> at the end. I think we'll call them what they are. They're shite. Yeah, they're not good. They're not making it under the... Well, it's your pyramid.
1: It is, it is. But, you know, you're you definitely an advisor on the pyramid. Um, <laughs> but I think... Who who, who sat there and went, oh, prawn flavour crisps? If there's somebody out there who thinks prawn-flavored crisps are class, please come let us know because... They're absolutely not.
0: Well, I will jump in on the prong field. Prong Cocktails Tito could be up there. These, not so much. But that there's for another snack day. That's for another snack day. I so. have a surprise for you. So hold on. just I'm going to say, in Sorry. mixed pyramid of snacks, dairy milk is safe. Dairy milk is safe. I think for that's an... a, the right decision. Yeah. Um, I have a surprise for you. Okay, go on. Think back to episode one. So long ago. So long ago. The young, we bright faces we were.
1: So full of dreams and hope.
0: Remember you mentioned about um, the search for um, cheese, cheese moment. moments. Mm. I have a development in the cheese moment search. B- dum, 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 dum. Yeah, exactly. This is the first time you haven't hit the table.
1: I know. I, <laughs> so, I have a tendency. Right?
0: We've seen this before yeah. uh, on cheese, that episode. Cheese moment. Scampi fries. You know, on that bacon m- fries. Yeah. We actually cleared this of bacon fries we in episode one. To see the reveal of cheese moments. Thus assuming that the wonderful people at Savory Selection still make cheese moments. Smiths. Smiths uh, Whoever, who cares? Who, who, whoever. They haven't whoever. DM'd us. That they, that they essentially still have cheese moments somewhere in circulation. Yeah, so this is not new news. That's not new news. Okay. That is the same. I'm just establishing the facts. Yeah. I'm okay. watching Law & Order. Right? This is a new one. Okay. And the cheese moments are gone. You're correct.
1: So. Oh, and we can probably tell it's New York because it has the calorie counts and stuff up here, which is a new
0: requirement. Exactly. I, I noticed that. That's why I brought it. So essentially, we've been talking to more people. I've been around Ireland, sadly not with the crew. And I've been talking to more people and publicans about the cheese moments. And one of them, who will not be named. Right. Said that they were never made. So it was a Desi? It was, yeah. He told us <laughs> earlier. <laughs> but he said they were never made. And it was just a prototype that never actually went to it. it they're, a, they're a fugazi. They're a fugazi. <clears throat> Not fairy dust. It never landed. Very dust. Yeah. No, when Desi told us this, I brought these in. We, we're talking now. I think Desi's a fucking liar. <laughs> All right? Folks of the internet, find us cheese moments. Don't be letting these... Even, even a,
1: an empty pack. Even an old pack, stale pack, whatever. Just Because pr- now we're getting not that just that they're discontinued we're getting information that they never existed yeah Which, I think we have a full on conspiracy this around.
0: is another Santa right up in here yeah. alright you get to a certain age lies alright do not Santa cheese moments for us find us something find us anything and listen if you're coming to the Linnet Inn just be aware Desi lies alright yeah he's, li- he's, he's a
1: conspiracy this. theorist <laughs> alright you want a drink
0: yeah I need one <laughs>
1: Our final section, a very popular section with the viewers, you know, with our international audience that we have and, Mm -hmm. you know, the education that they get here on this show. Uh, We're going to go back to the Atlas of Alcohol. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, we did Grappa the last time. We did, yeah. And this time we're going to some colder climbs. Uh, We're going to do an Aquavit.
0: Nice, um, very so good. You're familiar with aquavit? Yeah, it's a Nordic spirit. Um, from my WSET teaching days, Nordic spirit minimum bottling thirty-seven point five. Caraway and dill can be made with either or both,
1: and, and you can throw in some other stuff as well. Oh, like. you can
0: throw in a load of heap and stuff.
1: I think the rules are once you have the caraway and dill, it's kind of like whatever you want yourself, really, is it? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course, yeah, and like if people disagree with that, just leave a comment why you disagree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, very much confined to the Nordics and I think they each do it slightly differently. So Norway is kind of like, they are like a bit of barrel age and, you know, in uh, Finland or whatever, I think it's, it, they just drink it komsa, you know? Nice. But, but so it's never, is... it's never really drank on its own.
0: Until it's, today.
1: Well, it's generally drank with food. So that's oh, the idea. Okay, right. But it, it, and it's always drank niche. So you won't traditionally see any cocktails as far as I know like do you are you familiar with I any? have
0: used uh, Aquavit in cocktails but right. you know I do what I want
1: yeah but that's subbing you're kind of nearly subbing it in for something else I've seen it using like Bloody Mary's and okay, like a Martini no, but, or,
0: yeah but you're like new to cocktails you know it's like you know you're the Ford Focus I'm the Maserati of cocktails <laughs> are
1: we going to drink this come on show oh, us. overly expensive and not worth it yeah okay uh, yeah we just need some uh, some glassware uh, Augustini can you pass us some glassware so we apparently we have a little surprise here so this is our our um, no drinking way. vessels that we made in the pottery place, but I'm scared now they're going to fall out. Uh, that, r- that's I, not I, we didn't make that. We did, yeah.
0: That's ours. No, we didn't.
1: We're we're just that good. So this is um, from the Louise Mulcahy uh, down in Louis Louis
0: Mulcahy down in Dingle. We did the Ballyferder in Ballyferder. Sorry, yeah, we did the we did the pottery workshop. We actually haven't seen these at all. No, I haven't. Um, and
1: we have to try and remember whose is whose.
0: I remember, now I can understand why uh, Mick doesn't do any unboxing on YouTube because this is painful. These aren't ours. They are, yeah.
1: Oh, that's yours. These are yours. Your bigger shit. one.
0: I thought ours was going to be better. These are class. Look at
1: that. Look at yours. Ah, so ungraceful. Just like a big mug. Let me see yours. No.
0: <laughs> Fuck in the fire.
1: <laughs> right, go on. Oh, yours is better. Ah! Yeah, you're raging. Look at yours it isn't even round. Look at that. Looks like some sort of square. Here, here's some aquavit. There you go. I'll drink that shit up. So this is uh, sweet. Like a... So this is Swedish aquavit. This is 38% ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made on in uh, in an old Jaguar workshop on the island of Sutherland.
0: Slanche. Uh What For, is it? Uh, skull. Skull.
1: And the idea with skull is to hit it as hard as you can because you wanted your drink to go into other people's drink in case they tried to poison you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to hit this too hard because this piece of art might break. Nice, nice floral. Tons of herbs.
1: Yeah, I mean, Easy kind of tastes like the juice from a pickle jar if you stuck vodka in it.
0: Yeah, which I I, I dig. I'm I not like against. Why would you dr- would you drink it straight? Would you drink it neat like that? Yeah, you could put it in something like a highball, some like bubbles, bit of effervescence.
1: It's it's experiencing a bit of a a moment. I think apparently, like Minnesota, you know Minnesota, Minnesota, eh? yeah, because they are all uh, Viking origin or whatever. Yeah, okay. all, but apparently, this never existed at the time of the Vikings. That's the the one, you know, it's like the Viking having horns or whatever. Mm. This this came around about 200 years after the Viking. So kind of 1600s onwards, or 1500s onwards, I believe.
0: I see. Well, we can leave the Viking history for another episode. I actually really like mine. I think mine's better. With a big cube of ice, I think this would be a better cocktail vessel. Yours is a better, like, yours is just very obvious. It's just better um, better
1: made, uh, more craft and art to it, you know? I,
0: no, I don't think so.
1: But the main thing is, Akvite,
0: it's all right. It is all right. Yeah, Yeah. not terrible. No, it's not. And here, thanks so much for watching and listening to another episode of Poor Decisions. A huge thanks to Desi at the Leonard Inn for bringing us in. And should we give Kieran a shout?
1: No. (laughs) Uh, So thank you very much for for everything.
0: Yeah, and Kieran from uh, the Boatyard for organizing everything for today. He Uh, He got us a little sign for the car, did he?
2: Oh, he did, sorry, yes.
0: We're actually going on another drive. On another little adventure. You see that? Yeah. The Linnet- in Cave Bar. So we're going to stick that on the producer uh, Dan's car, so he gets stopped going over the border. Um, so we'll see. Uh, next see you time. next time. Yeah. Cheers, Slauncher. it, hit the subscribe. Button. Yeah, subscribe. hold that for yes. more great stuff. Mm. What up. a great drinking experience out of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> Probably get branded.